0: We can turn our Bibles in the meantime to James chapter 1 and verse 1. We're going to look just at one verse. Uh, Our new series is entitled Faith That Works. The Lord Jesus wants you to have a faith that works, not a a theoretical faith, but a a real faith, a, a personal walk with Jesus that impacts your life, your very life. If you remember Paul, he, he tells us how to get saved and James carries on the journey and it tells us what to do when we are saved. Um, so we're going to read in a moment from James chapter 1 and verse 1. Let's just give it a moment as we wait for Herbert to come. If he's here, we'll wait just a moment. Okay. Okay. I think Eula can't find him, so let's, we'll just start. Uh, Okay. He's probably looking off the cars at the bottom. We'll pray for him next week. Right, let's turn to James chapter 1. By the way, James is probably the oldest of the 27 New Testament books. James chapter 1. And verse 1 begins, James, now uh, that name James is from the Old Testament, remember Jacob, it's the same name uh, from the Old Testament, Uh, there are a number of Jameses in the Bible, Uh, it's a very common name, there was James the fisherman, the brother of John, the apostle, uh, the sons of thunder, Uh, and uh, he was killed by Herod in AD 44, there was James the son of Alphaeus, uh, a disciple we don't know much about, There was James, the father of Judas, to distinguish from Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. Uh, And then we come to James, who who wrote the book. Uh, James, the the brother of Jesus, uh, Jesus. Uh, he was known as James the Just. He was a, a pious and deeply, deeply spiritual man. The historian Eusebius records the testimony of Hegesippus that said that this man used to enter the, the temple and kneel for hours to pray for the forgiveness of, of the, the children of Israel, um, and his knees grew so hard from praying so much that he got the nickname Camel Knees. I don't know if any of you got the nickname Camel Knees. Uh, I think we're going to do an inspection at the door. We're going out to see how much he'd been praying, but he had the reputation of the nickname Camel Knees. Um, That's James. James, the servant of God. Now that's significant because uh, perhaps if we were writing the book of James, we would have introduced ourselves as James, the brother of Jesus, head of the Jerusalem church. And At this stage, the Jerusalem church was the most important church, the the mother church. Um, But he doesn't do that. He calls himself uh, a slave, a bond slave. Um, And the bond slave was the the lowest of slaves, you were born into slavery, you died a slave, and your chief concern was your master. So James was saying, my chief concern is the Lord Jesus Christ, and and that's what he says, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, very significant, uh, Lord, he's curious, he's my, 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 my master, my king. He's Lord of all. He's Jesus. Jesus means, is the same as Joshua in the Old Testament, means God saved. James recognized that Jesus was the one who would save the worlds. And the last name, Christ, uh, is another word for Messiah. Which means the promised one, the one that was prophesied for centuries would come and save his people and James makes a significant statement when he says James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ Um, and then the last part. To the twelve tribes scattered amongst the nations, greetings. Now, uh, the, na- the, the nation of Israel had been um, deported by the Assyrians in 722 B.C. And again, by the Babylonians between 610 and 586 B.C. Uh, they were spread across uh, Mesopotamia, uh, the known world, and um, they were foreigners. In in a foreign land, at least. And so he says to the 12 tribes, let's read again James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Right, let's pray, and then we will get stuck into this morning. Father, we just thank you again for your word. Father, as we embark on this journey, Lord, we pray that you speak into the life of your people. Father, we thank you for your word that is full of truth. And Lord, we know that as we come to start this inductive study in our groups and on Sunday, Lord, that our ultimate desire is to know you. And Lord, I pray that you draw us to yourselves. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. This morning we are looking at the pathway to spiritual maturity. Now I'm sure that sometime uh, you've heard uh, heard an, an incredible testimony of somebody who perhaps you thought would never ever become a Christian. How many of you know people who you think there's just no hope for them? Raise your hand. I'm sure all of us know people that if you look at them you say this person, this guy, this girl has absolutely no chance of becoming a Christian, I remember in school, the, the wildest guy in matric, a few years ahead of me, uh, we thought there was no hope for him uh, to become a christian, and and amazingly, God works, and of course God does that doesn 't he? Um, God worked, and this man he got up, this, the student at least. Uh, and he testified that the Lord Jesus Christ was his savior and i 'm sure that ninety nine percent of the of the school was absolutely shocked that this had happened Now. The first thing we see as we study James chapter one verse one is is the testimony that James advocates. It is absolutely critical that a, a man who was an outstanding critic became. An outspoken critic became an outstanding follower. In fact, he'd eventually give his life for the Lord Jesus Christ. From doubting Jesus to becoming a devoted believer. Once a a cynic, but now a a champion of the cause. Once a, a protester, now a pillar of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you move from year to year? If you turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 3 and verse 20 and verse 21, we, we read that Jesus' brothers and sisters or brothers, they thought he was, he was a crazy. I don't know if you've got a, a brother or sister and they maybe do things you think are absolutely crazy, you think they, they're wacko. Well, th- that was the situation in Mark chapter 3 and verse 20 and, and 21. It says there, then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family, and that's his brothers, uh, 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 when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, what are the words? He's out of his mind. His brothers, I don't know if he had sisters, uh, thought he was crazy. And then if you just page on to uh, John chapter 7 and verse 5, we, we see this animosity in this family. Um, they even want to send Jesus into harm's way. And they tell him, if you read a few verses earlier, you won't read the whole passage, to, to go back to Judea to make himself known. Judea was the place where they wanted to take Jesus' life. And John 7 verse 4 says, they say to him, show yourself to the world. John, verse five. John records, for even his own brothers did not believe in him, and so they were saying to Jesus, tongue and cheek, "Why don't you go and show yourself to the to the world?" And James, uh, if you read, uh, go back to I think it's Mark six. Uh, he was the eldest of of, of the brothers. Um, what changed James' perspective? And heart. And friends, what, what change, uh, changes a, a man or woman's perspective and understanding about Jesus? We'll turn with me uh, to uh, the answers in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 7. If you just page on the New Testament, past Romans, uh, you get to 1 Corinthians, and we'll just read from verse uh, chapter 15 and verse uh, 3 for perspective. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3. Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. For what I received I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Verse 7 then he appeared to James. James met the, the crucified and risen Jesus face to face. And friends, as we reflect on that, has, have you met Jesus, if I can use the term idiomatically, face to face? Have you encountered Jesus? James put it like this in Chapter 1, verse 18, he chose to give us birth. In other words, we become born again through the word of truth. The person of Jesus and the word of God. Remember Jesus speaking to Nicodemus at night in John chapter 3, verses 3 and 7. And he says to Nicodemus, what does he say? You must be born again again friends I want to ask you this morning as we reflect on James's life have you encountered Jesus have you met Jesus the point of being born again of being changed as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 you are a new creation the old has gone and the new has come You see, you never experience a a transformed life unless you have have met Jesus in a personal and real way and you've been born again. Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. In other words, we understand God's word and, and we believe who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us. We need to look to the cross. When doubting Thomas after Jesus' resurrection, when he discovered who Jesus really was, he cried out, My Lord and my God. And friends, we need to come to that point if we're going to be born again. My Lord and my God. James came after the resurrection, came to terms with who his brother really was. And in verse 1, James describes himself a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the time we meet James, the New Testament is a changed man. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 14, we we find him with the other disciples, praying and seeking God's face, praying For the coming anointing of the Holy Spirit. And no doubt at Pentecost you would receive the fullness of the Spirit of God when when the Holy Spirit came down. By Acts 15, he's the leader of the Jerusalem church. He's chairing their meeting and guiding them to make important decisions. And in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 9, he's reputed to be the pillar of the church. Tradition tells us that in A.D. 62, he was martyred for his faith. He was taken up and, and thrown down from the temple to kill him, but he survived the fall. Then he was stoned, and finally he was clumped to death. And his last words, according to tradition, are reputed to be just like Jesus. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. From yeah, from, from unbelief to belief and, and maturity and leadership. Friends, there's there's got to be progression or, or spiritual progress in our lives. But the starting point is the question have you been born again? The test me that James advocates. Advocates you, you must be born again. But then secondly we see in this passage the problem that that James addresses. James in verse 1 he writes to the 12 tribes scattered amongst the nation. Now the Jews had been exiled by persecution. Some had become Christians and, as we look at the statement, we, we see two things right here. The first is the the pressing hand of Satan. The Jews had been deported they 'd been executed, uh, exiled at least they 'd been persecuted and the natural question to ask when you 're going through that is where is God? Where is God? The pressing hand of of, of Satan on the one hand, but then we see the, the persevering hand of God on the other. Because James not only says the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, among the nations, but he says to the 12 tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel, they were still kept as the Israel of God. God has still kept this nation and his people together And friends, here's a word for us today. You may feel the pressing hand of Satan, but oh, there's the persevering hand of God in our lives. You may feel oppressed. You may feel that you're in the minority. You may find the going hard. You may find even your faith being uh, uh, um, ridiculed Because you're a Christian, but you'll be held in the persevering hand of God. There were still these people, these Christians, these Jewish Christians, were still 1 Peter 2, 9, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Now these Christians were having pressing problems of their own They'd been through difficult trials. They'd been through through testings. Jews living amongst Gentiles had its own problems. And then Christians amongst Jews added to the problems. that complicated, it was painful. They were rejected. They faced temptations to to sin. Some of the believers in their church were were catering to the rich in the fellowship while, while still others were being ripped off by the very same people. There was competition even in the context of of the church as we read in James. Some of these Christians were worldly, while while others were fighting and coveting things that weren't theirs. And they needed to learn to to tame their tongues. There were still others who were physically sick. Some of these because of disobedience and the judgment of God. James chapter 5. And still others were straying away from God and from the assembly, the, the gathering together of believers. Does it sound familiar? Trials, temptations, financial challenges, broken relationships, sickness and, and those who had fallen away. Or, or those who felt it was too much hassle to, to come to church and had a, a, a mile long of excuses. There was a common root cause, and that was spiritual immaturity. The diagnosis, some of these Christians were were simply not growing up spiritually. And James through this book is saying, Christians, it's time to, to grow up in your spiritual walk with God. but needed to look to Jesus and the cross just as James had done. In the words of the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, for the message of the cross is, is foolishness to those who are perishing or dying, but to us who have been saved, it is the power of God. For I resolve, said Paul, in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The theme of this letter is the marks of maturity in the Christian life. And I'm convinced that the, the number one problem in the church today is that Christians aren't growing up Spiritually. Interestingly, James uses the word perfect a number of times throughout the book. Three times in chapter 1, verse 2, 17, 25, chapter 2, uh, verses 22, and chapter 3, verse 2. Now this doesn't mean that we're sinless or perfect, but mature and complete in our relationship with Jesus. We are balanced and are growing up. And so James addresses spiritual problems. In chapter 1, 1 to 4, impatience in difficulties. In chapter 2, verse 14 onward, he talks about uh, talking about but not living the truth. Chapter 3, no control over our tongues. Chapter 4, fighting and coveting. Chapter 5, materialism and. Aren't we all guilty of this prayerlessness? James gives us the five marks of a mature, growing Christian, and the question this morning is: Is brother or sister in Christ, are you growing into maturity? The mature believer, chapter one, is patient in testing there'll be trials on the outside and temptations on the inside but the maturing or the maturing christian is patient in testing in chapter 2 the mature christian practices the truth faith and love and faith and works he practices the truth in chapter 3 we find the mature christian Has power over his tongue. And don't all of us battle with that? That we say things we shouldn't? In chapter 4, the mature Christian is a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. We're going to see three wars, three enemies, and three admonitions from James. And in chapter 5, he is prayerful in trouble. We're going to find economic troubles, physical troubles, national troubles, and yes, Even church troubles. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11. As the writer, the author to the Hebrews, he spells out the need to to grow into spiritual maturity. He reminds us it's so important that all of us make spiritual progress. Hebrews 5.11 We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant infant, is not acquainted with a teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Verse 1 in the next chapter. Therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. And our faith in God, instructions about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting we will do so. The question morning is are you making spiritual progress? All of us, no matter how young or old in the faith we are, how young or immature or mature we are, each of us should be making spiritual progress in in our walk with the Lord. All of us need to be growing continually into spiritual maturity. Number one, The test me, James Advocates, you need to be born again. Number two, the challenge he addresses is spiritual immaturity. And thirdly and lastly, the, the lifestyle that James advocates. In application, how can we grow towards spiritual maturity? The first question is this. Are you absolutely certain? Are you convinced That you are born again because, friends, that's the starting point. You don't go around and collect 200 rand like you do in a monopoly until you are born again. Chapter 1, verse 18, James 1 18. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. To Nicodemus, Jesus said, You must be born again. And people here at Watercliff and online, my word this morning is: you must be born again in Jesus Christ. Are you absolutely certain? Are you certain? Are you certain, friends? Are you certain that Jesus Christ is your living Savior and Lord? The second question this morning is will you as we journey through James truly examine your life against the, the light of God's word? You see the, 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 the Bible and while we study the Bible is because it's a, it's a mirror. James chapter 1 verse 23 and 24. For if anyone hears the word, listen carefully, they, they hear the word. But does not carry it out is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after he squeezed the pimple, no he doesn't say that, but after he looks at his face in the mirror and after observing himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Isn't that so true? We read the word of God quickly in the morning or the evening because we need to do that and then we walk away and forget exactly what we've read. As we get to know God through this uh, letter, as we get to know Him, we will get to know where we truly stand in relation to God. Will you truly examine your life against the light of God's Word, His perfect Word? Number three, will you obey God no matter what the cost? Chapter 1, verse 22, be Doers, it says, not readers only, but but be doers of the word, not hearers only. Otherwise, James says, you are deceiving yourself. Do you hear that? You might be reading the, the Bible every day, but if you're not doing what it's saying, God's Spirit says to us, you are fooling yourself and only yourself. And finally, will you face trials and temptations in the strength of the Lord? You see, when we get serious about spiritual growth, the enemy gets serious about trying us. Verse 3 and 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, develops perseverance, and perseverance to finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, prelude to next week, we're going to be looking next week, in fact, next week and the following week, two parts, the testing of your faith. Uh, For those who are studying, and I hope it's all of you, you've got two weeks to cover, week number two in your manuals, we're going to be looking at the testing of your faith. It's a, it's a vital teaching, and so I'm going to spend two weeks on it, and you're going to discuss it for two weeks in your life groups. There was a man who knew he needed to grow in patience. How many of us are like that? I'm sure all of us. We all need to grow in, in patience. And so he, he seriously and sincerely prayed about this issue of, of not having patience like most of us. And the next day he went to the station on on his way to work. And guess what? He he missed the train. And he paced up and down the the, the station, the platform for 50 minutes, complaining how the train had come early and it, it had been late and so on. And as the next train arrived, the penny dropped. God was working in his life. Friends, I want to encourage you, encourage you, even when Satan turns up the heat that he, he does so often in our lives, your Father in heaven keeps his mighty hand on the, thermo, the thermostat. Don't give up. And when you're studying your the, the, the James manual at home, and you feel discouraged, or you think you can't do it, don't give up. You see, God is calling us to examine our hearts. There are 12 questions from Warren Veersby that I picked up in my study, and I want to share it with you. As, as God calls us to, to examine our hearts, they're going to be on the board, the first six. Am I becoming more and more patient in the trials of life? Do I play with temptation or resist it from the start? Do I find joy in obeying the word of God? Or do I merely study it and learn it but don't apply it? Are there any prejudices that shackle me? For example, do you show favor to certain groups? Number five, am I able to control my tongue? Probably not. Am I a peacemaker? Rather than a troublemaker. And do people come to me for spiritual wisdom? Next one, number seven. Am I a friend of God or the friend of the world? Do I make plans without considering the will of God? Number nine. Am I selfish when it comes to money? Am I unfaithful in the paying of my bills? Number 10, do I naturally depend on prayer when I find myself in some kind of trouble? Number 11, am I the kind of person others seek for prayer support? And number 12, what is my attitude towards the wandering brother? Do I criticize and gossip? Or do I seek to restore him in love? All those questions come out of the five chapters of of James Not everyone who grows old grows up, spiritually speaking. You see, there's a a difference between age and maturity. Mature Christians are are happy Christians, useful Christians, Christians who encourage others, and Christians who, who build up their local church. Let us pray. Father, as we close this morning, Lord, we want to come in response and commit ourselves to to spiritual growth. Lord, to to journey together as a, a body of Christians who desire to know you more so that we may know ourselves more. Oh God, would you give us that strength, that wherewithal to commit ourselves to study this book, to be faithful. Lord, to... Desire to know more and more about you and about your word and ultimately about ourselves. Father, we come this morning and commit ourselves. Father, we invite you to take a look at at our lives as we go through this word, this letter. And Father, we commit ourselves to change. As you bow this morning, won't you just pray and make that commitment this morning? As God desires by His Spirit to speak into your life, won't you make that commitment? And friends, if you've never come to the Lord Jesus Christ, now is the time to be born again. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If you've never asked the Lord Jesus to, to come into your heart, won't you pray after me and just ask the Lord, and invite Jesus to become your Savior. Lord Jesus, I know I'm not a child of yours. Lord, I I know I'm not a sinner. I am a sinner. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. But Lord Jesus, I thank you that I can come to you and ask you to forgive my sins and to make me a child of the living God. Father, won't you do that this morning? Lord Jesus, I invite you to be my Savior, the one who saves me from sin. And the one who is to be my Lord, my, my Master. Father, desire that I would be born again by your Spirit. I invite you today. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.